Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Me. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I like that. It's like it took a little hiatus. Yeah, it's like what Mark Marin does on his podcast, where they, you're just rolling while you're talking and going, "Is this? Are we? Are we recording?" It's like, yeah, just just riff, man. Uh, we had a rough few. I had a rough few weeks, so I appreciate you uh, allowing uh, us to not do the podcast for a little bit. Because I hadn't had a chance to see anything or do anything. Uh, well, I had a, yeah, and I had a similar thing. My schedule was nuts, so it was good. So although I have, been, I have been enjoying Fly on the Wall uh, podcast, I don't know if you're listening to that, but uh, I definitely recommend it. It's the David Spade, Dana Carvey. If there's so many funny stories. Uh, there's like uh, the Dennis Miller one is like amazing. It's so good. Um, yeah. There's just so many good stories. Like I think in Dennis Miller one, they talk about normal a lot. Cause uh, no, sorry. It was the writer. What's his name? Um, Jim uh, Downey. Jim Downey had great stories. You have to listen to that one. Um, I, I, so. Sorry. So he had, he told the story about Norm when he was coming up and they were doing, cause he was doing the weekend update with them. And, uh, he's like, have you, they asked him like, have you ever, did you ever do, uh, an episode where one of Norm's jokes didn't hit? And, uh, he's like, no, most of the time he's like, actually there was one that we had to cut. He said, uh, it was a Woody Allen joke. And he said, Woody Allen's moved on from, his new girlfriend and found a new, or his, his girlfriend has, he's found the new one. And it cuts to like the famous shot of the Japanese uh, A-bomb of the little girl running down the street naked. And like the whole crowd in dress rehearsal, like just turned on him and like did this whole gasp and stuff. And uh, he's like, oh yeah, that did not go over well. And then like 10 years later, Higgins was like needed some sort of crowd reaction um some some bad crowd reaction he came up to Jim Downey he's like hey do you remember like ever like having the crowd like like turn on everybody because we need that sound bite and he goes oh yeah and then he goes go check this out and he told him the day and date and like he found it he's like oh my god that was bad and apparently they like used that that sound clip all the time. Oh. But uh but anyway, 
So it's been a long time. What's uh, I, I I listen to that podcast, but I I've been trying to listen in order, and I'm like really far behind. They hit a a group of guests I wasn't as into, yeah. and so I, I know I should just skip it and just move ahead to who I want to hear. But I I kind of like every you know. Yeah, you, I, every even though you're not interested in something like like the one with Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum was like really weird. Like all he did was like ramble about movies he saw for like 20 minutes <laughs> uh, but like they're all they all have like good stories that you take away from like good center live stories and if you're into center live and you like all that past stuff and how people like you know interact with each other and what the you know being in center live is like it's like it's, it's fun so, pod, so just to, to keep in the all the same field, the podcast I listen to is this thing called The Town. It's a ringer podcast, and it's like 20 minutes, and it's basically about movie news, like the business of like movies. This is where I came up with that, who they should cut from Silent Live. They've been doing a lot of Silent Live stuff lately with all the cuts, you know, like, like going over how long he's you know lauren michaels is gonna stay and um you know like figuring out like all the next moves who takes over all that kind of stuff uh what did you think of the last episode since we're, we're since we're here yeah who was the last episode selena gomez no it was the um uh what's her name natasha leone oh yeah yeah it was, I mean, I enjoyed the ending for Kate McKinnon and I liked Pete Davidson's thing. Um, I thought Michael Che was gone too. No, he says he hasn't made up his mind yet. He said he doesn't think so. Um, A.D. Bryant didn't really get a send off. Not that she uh, is as popular as those other, other guys, but. Um, I don't know. She got her send off on the news with the. Yeah, I guess. When when, when they did the thing with her and um, Bowen Yang, and then he like gave this whole thing about how awesome she is, and she has the only one who didn't get a send off was your boy Kyle Mooney. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was all right. It is going to be interesting to see how next season goes. Most yeah, I don't think the cuts stop there. I think there's more coming. Yeah, they're gonna add some people. No, they're gonna also cut some people. I don't think they're gonna add a lot. Oh, they're definitely. I good. think they, I think they know they gotta get down the numbers because everybody's talking about it now. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about it. Like people yeah. are talking about it. People are talking. People are talking. Uh, what else is going on over there? I was saying I I we had a block part. Well, I I had a weird weekend. Uh, Friday night, I went down to Redondo Beach um, to go out with a bunch of people. Um, and it was really weird because uh, we wound up going to this place called the Bullpen, which is like an old, it's in a strip mall. It's like an old steakhouse. It's, you know, it's a cool little place down there. But like, you know, it was a tough news week, let's say. Yeah. And it was super, it was a super um, conservative crowd, which is usually fine, usually when, you know, but 
people like what like were trying to like engage about it. Like there was just like these drunk guys, and they came. Yeah, you know, they were like, "Hey, man, you're a Republican, right?" And I was like, "Excuse me." Guys, like you're you're a Republican, aren't you? You're like white guy, you know, like that, you know. And I was like, "No, I'm not." And you know, I mean, like normally I'd just be like whatever, not engaged. But I'm like so like fed, like just fed up with everything that I was like, "No." And I was like, uh, "He's like." He's like, really? You like you like where this country's going? I go, no, I don't. I don't like no. I don't like. I'm not a fan of either thing. I just like. I just think that yeah, the guys you like are significantly worse. But doesn't mean I like the other ones. You know, it was like this whole thing. So it was like it ruined the whole night. It was like super like. I like had such a bad taste in my mouth all day yesterday from it, you know, like from engage- just from even engaging in that. Cause usually I can just turn it off, but I just feel like everything that's happened in the last couple weeks, like specifically last week. Yeah. I just don't have tolerance. Like, like last week we were just like, I'm fucking leaving this country. I fucking hate it. You know, sorry for the F-bombs, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, um, but Last night, on the opposite scale, why you don't want to leave this kind of country, we um, had a block party. Uh, my neighbor, I have a neighbor who cooks pizzas and like sends out his like menu. Well, he used to send out every week. Now he barely does it anymore. But he was like, hey, I want to get the neighborhood together and have a block party. So he's like, you know, he asked me back in like March. You asked me in March to do something in May. I'm like, sure. You know? And then, like, last week, he was like, hey, let's have a meeting about that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I did kind of side help out. And so me and the guy and then another guy lived in the neighborhood that, and I, like, I Googled, like, block party, like, in Santa Monica, what would it take? And I, like, printed it out, and it was, like, all this red tape you have to go through or you have to go to, like, you have to get like 60% of your neighbors or 70% of your neighbors have to sign a petition saying it's okay and to pay these fees. And I was like, if I come to this meeting with all this material, I'm like, surely they've looked it up. And I bet you the reason they haven't said anything is because they don't want to do it. And if I bring this out in the meeting and I say, Hey, we have to do all this. They'll be like, great. Get on that. And I don't want to do that. Right. Cause I don't even care. So in the end, we just decided that uh, we didn't need to make it official. We could just kind of do it on our corner without having to block the street. Yeah. And uh, we had like 30 people show up. It was nice. Met all of our neighbors. So you had pizzas and drinks? Yeah, pizzas, drinks. You know, not a big drinking crowd. We brought drinks, and it was like BYOB. And I realized that we were the only bees, and lots of people had our bees. Nice. We're the ones that B.O. and everybody bead. Um, <laughs> so, whatever. It was a success. It was nice. Um, yeah. What's going on with you? Dude, not, I haven't done shit in, like, forever. Uh, I can't wait to, like, actually, like, I'm missing you guys. I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, that's sweet. You had, you had company. Little, you had... It's been uh, very boring. All I'm doing is working and sleeping, working and sleeping. Um, what about you had friends and family come visit? I did. That was nice. That was a nice, uh, 
I was very exhausted, so my energy level wasn't up to speed. But I mean, usually, because usually, like you're a yeah, you know, you're a guy. You're just yeah, I am. Um, but yeah, that was nice. Um, uh, we have nine days left to shoot, and then I'll be hopefully back there at the end of June, and uh, then I'm getting ready for Italy. So that'll be good. Oh, yeah. When do you go to Italy? July 19th. Nice. Um, I got to get a bunch of clothes for that. But anyway, um, I need a whole new wardrobe. Yeah, I got you. So uh, a couple notes that I have. Uh, did you hear this whole thing with Laura Dern and Jurassic Park? about the 20-year relationship difference? Well, really, it just came down to that she was 23 when she made that movie. Yeah, it's weird, right? That's <laughs> so weird. Because she was, like, acting as a mother figure in there. And just, like, she looked way older. She looked definitely yeah. in her 30s, you know? Um, yeah, that was weird. And then uh, Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah, we had some deaths. That's right. Yeah. Ray, Ray Liotta passed away. Uh, obviously, Goodfellas made him a big star. Um, he made classics like No Escape after that. Um, unlawful Entry. Unlawful Entry. He did Copland. He was in Hannibal. He was in this underrated movie called Heartbreakers. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, what else was he in? Narc? Ma marriage Story. Yeah, he was in Narc. He was in, uh, he was the bad guy in the, the Haunted Halloween movie with Adam Sandler, I think. Um, Wild Hogs. Are you looking at his IMDb? Yeah. Oh, okay. Observe and report, he was good. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. They didn't really say yet um, what he died of, but I feel like no one should go to the Dominican Republic because every time someone stays at a hotel in the Dominican Republic, they apparently die of some unknown cause. Um, like there was like a, like four people like not too long ago that died at a the same hotel um, in the Dominican Republic due to some sort of like thing with the air condition where it like started leaking poisonous gas into the room. Um, so I don't know. Like, number one, don't go to the Dominican Republic and you might survive. <laughs> um, and uh, it's sad to hear Ray Liotta has passed away because uh, obviously he was in one of the best movies of all time and we'll, uh, we'll be missed. Field of Dreams. If you build it, he will come, Ray. There you go. you have any thoughts on Ray Liotta? No, you, you did well. Uh, I, I just know that uh, we had a friend who worked with him on a movie, said he was not very pleasant. 
he was doing the EPK and uh, said that Ray Liotta absolutely despised having to do it and like resented him for asking. Okay. Do you not? Do you remember that or no? Yeah, I do. I remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. You have any notes? Um. I do. Uh. So I don't know if you're aware of it. There's this. Um. There's this uh, trial. Like, there's this trial going on with. Johnny Depp and Amber. <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I wanted I wanted to know if you had any thoughts on everything. I think it's so stupid. Like, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard for the the one thing that sucks with uh, Amber Heard is that you know she lied about taking the money and giving it to charity. That does not look good in the defense. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard for people to go against Amber Heard when she's got all this, these photos of her with, you know, lacerations and bruises and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, obviously. No one does. But, but it's just a mess. Like, both of these, you know, both of these actors, like, this definitely hurts their career. Right. Like Amber Heard is like, I guess, kicked out of uh, the the Aquaman 2. And then, you know, Johnny Depp's being replaced in, um, by Mads Mikkelsen in the Dumbledore movie or whatever the hell those stupid Harry Potter movies are called. Uh, so it's definitely going to definitely going to be uh, interesting to see after this verdict comes through like how these people's uh careers end up because <laughs> i don't think it's well yeah what are your thoughts on it um you know i watch a lot of it um i'm, I'm like i've enjoyed i've like I'll, I'll i've treated it like a reality like the reality show it is so i've enjoyed it i feel like it's been a nice distraction from all the shitty things happening in the world um, I think they're both nuts. Uh, I don't think he can, like, I've, I've heard the argument about whether he or she can work again. And honestly, you could give her a job a year from now in a movie as the lead. And I'll, I won't even realize it's her until, you know, without having to read about it, I wouldn't even realize it's her with him. Anything I ever see again with him in it, I will not be able to help but think of this, you know? Um, I think the thing that, that makes me absolutely love it is when they read his texts out loud and they make him read his texts out loud when he talks about like having, like burning her alive and then digging up her corpse and having sex with it. I think like things like that are like, I think it's so funny. I mean, I don't think that's funny, but I think it's so funny that that's a thing. Um, he has to sit in court and like actually read that out loud. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to pause for a second. Sorry. Uh, but we're back. 
What uh so what are we talking about today? Uh um Oh wait, I had another note. Okay. What, what do you got? Did you watch the um did you see Adam Sandler's commencement address at NYU? No, I did not. Well that's you'll you'll enjoy that. When was that? This weekend? Or last weekend? Last weekend, yeah. He gave the commencement address to NYU. He went to school there. It was awesome. He did it in his voice. He goes, all right, I got to do the voice. (laughs) He just went into all the things and what it was like there. And everybody just kept, like, cheering on everything he was saying. Um, Yeah. So... There's a great story that came out about it that I think you know it probably, but I'll just mention it's worth mentioning about how he had a teacher, you know, he went to NYU, he went to Tisch school at NYU and his teacher like basically took him out for a beer and was like, you need to give this up and find like a real career. Like you're not cut out for this. And a few years later, when he was in like New York filming a movie, he was out and he saw that guy. And he was with all of his friends and he came up to him and, you know, everybody's story would have been like, I came up to him like, hey, remember when you told me that? And he was out with a bunch of people, he was out with like students and everything. And instead of like saying, you know, that he walked up to him and said to his students, hey, See this teacher right here? He's the only uh, professor I ever had who took me out for a beer. Yeah. And it's a good to see you and not walk off. You know? Yeah. Instead of, instead of saying like, oh, you know, this is guy, he said I'd never make it, da-da-da-da, you know? And he's like, this is the only teacher who ever took me out for a beer. How cool is that? I'm Sandler, man. So anyway... What are you doing? You're sitting there staring angry. Yeah, I'm angry. Uh, just then I get fucking yelled at when shit what? I get yelled at when shit goes wrong. So it's not my fault. But anyway. What, what, what are you talking about? No, no, I'm getting emails from payroll and like all this shit's gone down now. But well, uh, I'm trying not to look at it, but it just gets me all fucked. Um Sorry. Two weeks uh, we wait to do this. And this is the entertainment you're bringing? You're complaining about payroll? All right, I'm shutting it down. It's already shut down. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to watch that as soon as we uh, finish this. Um, what are we talking about? I do want to say, did you see the trailer for um, Mission Impossible? Yes. How could the that work? Well, I mean, of course it does. The only problem is that it's part one. So, like, one of the things I love about Mission Impossible movies is, like, you're, like, sweating when you get out of them. It's like they, you know, you've gone through this whole rigmarole, of this whole entire heist thing that happens and all that, and it's over when you leave. When you leave the theater, like, you know, the things that I don't like, or when they carry stories over for that, just for that. Frame. I, you know, I like that in other things, but 
So the fact that this is a two-parter is like, ah. Uh, but, you know, it made me think, what do you, I mean, where where do you stand on Mission Impossible versus Bond right now? Oh, Mission Impossible is so much better. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it has been since, I know you didn't like the first Mission Impossible, but I feel like it's just been better since it started. Oh, yeah. Dude, it got, uh, it got, as soon as Gross Protocol came out, like, you're like, all right, we're stepping into a, a good position with this one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was looking at yeah, people like arguing the best Tom Cruise movies, because obviously we're going to talk Top Gun here in a minute. And, uh, yeah, I think that you're right. Once those movies... I mean, so if you were going to take, like, just Mission Impossible's and the Bond movies in the Daniel Craig era, I think you'd put Casino Royale probably in, like, the top three. And then I don't think you see another Bond until, like, the sixth movie or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. five of the t four of the top five would be Mission Impossible's, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. they've gotten better, you know, at each thing. I still think Ghost Protocol was the best. I I feel like they got into some CGI stuff on the last the last one, like or was it two of them ago? Um that bugs me, but yeah, I mean they're they're still yeah, they're still really good. Uh, so yes, I did see that. Um, do you want to like? We're, I don't think we're talking sports today. Do you want to say anything before we get into our TV and, and movie talk about your beloved sons that we didn't hedge our bets against? No, that was like one of the worst games I've ever seen. It was. I was awful. We haven't talked at all. I mean, this is this. We haven't had a. We haven't said a word about it. So that was like the worst game that the Suns have ever played just in what the situation was and the performance. And it was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. It was, it was so hard to watch. Oh, I turned it off. Booker was missing everything. Chris Paul was missing everything. It was just a mess. At what point did you lose hope? How much were they down before you lost? Like they got to like down 20. I was like, they still could come back. I really was. I was like, they can make a run. Yeah, I was like, all right, you know, they're going to start getting hot here shortly. You know, they're going to go on a run. Um, if they can get it to 10 or 8, um, then, uh, you know, maybe they have a chance. Has their, has their window closed? Is it over? No, I don't think so. They're still going to be around for a while. Um. We'll see what I don't is. see. I think that I think that team is garbage now. You're gonna lose. You're gonna. God, do you do that? You're you're a five seed at best moving forward. I don't know about that. They won sixty something games this year. Sure, but now you're now you're thirty six year old point guards a year older, uh, and, and he looks just, and he looked awful. Your your first team All NBA shooter. Um, I don't know, completely disappeared. 
You're gonna lose your you're gonna lose your center. Uh, you, you have another guy you're paying forty million to just completely disappeared for the game. I don't know. I I just don't. Who, not not for the game. Disappeared basically that whole series. He's he's like one job. It was to cover Luca. Luca was averaging over forty a game. I don't know. I think that team is. I I. It's hot garbage, if you ask me. Yeah. So, but you know what is even hotter garbage is than the NBA uh, conference finals. So that's why we don't need to talk too much about it. Well, it's just stupid. Hopefully, Game Seven lives up to the. Uh... Well, I was going to say up until Friday. Friday's Game Six was awesome. It was awesome. Tonight's Game Seven was good. Jimmy oh. Butler was so good on Friday. Yeah. He was like incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk. So, you know, some TV and movies. Should we wait and do Top Gun at the end? So, you know, we don't. There's not really spoilers in Top Gun. You know what you're getting. Yeah. No, there's nothing to spoil on that. But just to be just to be fair, we'll do TV first and then we'll wrap up on that. So the big the big uh, premieres this week you were saying you sent me a thing you said like a lot of big TV coming up and I, w- I didn't even realize it kind of stuck up the two big ones this weekend were Stranger Things and Obi-Wan you did not you watched one episode of Stranger Things I didn't watch any what do you think so far I watched one episode uh, it's a little boring right now but I know I think this first episode was obviously a setup for the season um, all, all the characters look so old. <laughs> like, even when a, a 11 or Millie Bobby Brown's, like, going to high school, you're just like... And I know she's still, like, 18. She just turned 18, but it's like, she looks so much older. And, like, the kids just look older. So yeah. It's, it's just a little weird. I um, saw... Um, I saw a... Yeah, her pre- when I guess the premiere of that, some press with her... And, uh, you know, she's dating John Bon Jovi's kid. It looks just like him. And um, I just, they look like, they look like adults. They, you know, they look like they're in their mid-20s. Yeah. They're, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. Okay. Um, and then uh, Obi-Wan, the other big premiere this weekend. I, th- I figure this is probably a big thing to talk about. Uh, and then we can get into what else we've been watching. What um, what were your thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, when I first read about this, the director said that her big influences for Obi-Wan were, uh, one of them was The Proposition. Remember that movie that I like loved with Guy Pierce a long time ago? And it was like my favorite movie that year. <laughs> Probably okay. Um, so I was like really excited to hear that. Um, and then um, it premiered. I watched both episodes, and I think it's awesome. <laughs> you do? I, I kind of like it. I was, oh man, I'm really into it right now. Oh, I'm so glad we're gonna have this conversation. The only, the only I, thing I could say is that the girl who plays Leia is like one of the worst kid actresses. It's almost brutal to like watch those scenes. I, that's where I was gonna start. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And it's not even like she can sass the adults pretty well, but when like they do the action scenes, 
it is the most ridiculous thing. Like she's like out running like all these adults, and it's it it they, it's not even close to like you know. Yeah, it's so funny how bad it's bad. Yeah, it's the little Leia thing is a little. It's let's just say little Yoda was a hit. This one's not. Um, this, uh, but I do like. I kind of like the storyline, and I like the setting of everything. And I'm really uh, looking forward to see what happens. All right, so I'm with you. I like the storyline. I'm like really there. I liked, um, I find, so there, I have so many problems with so much of it though. I don't like the setting. I did not like that, uh, Tokyo. I mean, I didn't like, it was like Blade Runner all of a sudden. I didn't like that. Um, I don't, I don't like the main, the, the, the woman, like I like the character. I just, there's no point to any of it. Like she has like all these problems with, um, like it was just so stupid. She has like all these problems with Obi Wan Kenobi, and she like we don't know why. And then, um, like her spirit, it's like every fifteen minutes, all of a sudden, like these other bad guys would show up, and they'd, they'd be like, "You can't do things to get him." It's like, why not? We're, she's like, "Why not? We're like the bad guys," you know. Basically, is what's going on, and I don't get like what where that whole push and pull is coming from and I don't like they're supposed to be like they they're like Darth Vader's henchmen dude they shouldn't they should be like any means necessary I don't know yeah. um I think Hugh McGregor is great though he's like really good at this like you know like playing like the pacifist who can who could like pull out a lightsaber and start wrecking shop you know but trying not to and the conflict with him and like Uncle Owen, I think that stuff is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't like the pla- I didn't like the Tokyo Planet, and I didn't like I don't like the bad guys. I specifically really don't like Flea and his band of uh, painted goons. You know, one guy's green, one guy's blue. I was like, these these guys, this stinks. This part, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I kind of like it, but okay. uh, yeah, it is flawed. I'm not going to say it's not flawed, but, uh, but the story, but the story is really good and he's really good. And I, I, I am with you that she is just, she's brutal. The girl playing Leia. It's tough. She looks so much like her. She's not, you know, like every, I get that. I get why they wanted to cast her. I just think that she was just, it, that was just tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking. It's only six episodes, so I'm interested to see where it goes. They're bringing back Darth Vader. Hopefully, we'll get some stuff uh, with that in the coming. Well, I'm sure we will. I'm not hoping. But hopefully, that adds to the story and we get uh, some good back and forth between Obi Wan and, uh, and Darth Vader. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because this is the thing that keeps staying in my mind is in the beginning, well, no, in in Star Wars, the original Star Wars, when they land on the Death Star and Darth Vader says, I feel a presence I have not felt in a long time. Um, Makes me think that those two aren't 
shouldn't shouldn't tangle up. Okay. Well, maybe they don't meet up. Because, like, Leia and, and Luke are like 10 or something in this now. So um, that means that we're like 10, 12 years away from them, like, you know, from from episode four from Star Wars. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too geeky about, you know, I was sitting there, I was trying to explain it to Audrey while we were watching it, like who everybody is. And she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, it's probably better. <laughs> There's nothing good that can come out of me trying to explain Star Wars to you right now. How about the total ripoff, like dialogue from uh, Inglorious Bastards where the guy was like hunting Jedi, but it was the same speech that the... Um, What's his name gave to the guy in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards about hunting Jews? Oh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. As soon as like they started talking, it I like googled it, and it, the director like did it on purpose um, to pay like homage to Quentin Tarantino, whatever that was. Um, I don't know if that's paying homage. Just saying. Yeah, let's just say. The, guy, the other guy didn't do uh, as good of a job as uh, yeah. Christoph Waltz. Uh, uh, what else about TV? Anything? All right. So. Oh, and we had. Uh, yeah, we had a Better Call Saul mid season finale. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. What did you. Like, I watched the ending twice. Like, I had to watch it again. Why? Because I thought it was all right. So I really love the ending uh, when Howard comes into the house. And uh, spoiler alert: you can skip ahead fifteen seconds. Uh, I won't tell what happens at the end. But Howard comes into the house and basically like rips into them about how like stupid this plan was, and like how Kim is now on the dark side and all this stuff. Like, and he gives this whole speech and like the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, so you watch this whole episode of this elaborate prank that lasted forever. And then, you know, you see the downfall of Howard and then, you know, the past couple of weeks they've given you like his home life and uh, kind of like giving him a little bit more depth. And then he comes in there and he just starts like talking and I don't know He starts talking to everybody um, or to uh, Saul and Kim about, you know, how, like, what did they accomplish? Like, you ruined, you know, you're just ruining my life. I don't understand. And, like, I was so on the side of him at that moment for some reason. Like, I thought that he was, like, in that moment so true. Just the way they shot that and the dialogue. Like you totally like were like yeah what did this whole thing accomplish? Yeah, I right. We spent like weeks with this whole couple leading up to like this whole prank. Like the whole half of the show was like leading the prank up to like this conclusion. And uh, I don't, I don't know if I call it a prank. It's a little you know higher stakes than a prank. It's not like they put a whoopee cushion under them. Right, but they yes this rouge. Ruse. 
What is it? Rouge? No, rouge. Rouge is the rouge. color. Rouge is rouge. like rouge is like makeup that you put on your cheeks. It's rouge. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I was siding with him totally. Like, and Kim, you know, when they started saying, "Oh, oh, oh," you know, watch what you're saying. I was like, "Why?" He's saying like the perfect thing you should say at this moment. Um, like they don't know what his family life is. They don't know what's going on in his life. They don't understand the collateral damage of what they're doing. They just are looking at this one situation and trying to get the sandpiper thing storyline over with. Um, but then that shocking ending was amazing. I was just like, oh shit. Um, but I still don't understand <coughs> why Lalo wants to kill them. Like, I've been trying to think about why this guy wants to kill them because they've been his lawyer. They helped him get bailed out and they didn't rat him out. Um, I don't really understand why they are a target because they're associated with him. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, let's. What am I missing? Let's rewind some of that. Because uh, I felt the same way about the ha- Like, as I was watching it, I was like, it's like, yeah, why? I, I was with you. I kind of was on his side. And I, it, it hadn't occurred to me because I've enjoyed the hijinks of them scheming against them. But I, it never occurred to me, like, why are they doing this? You know, until that moment, it was like, yeah, why are they going through all this? Just to, you know, like, um, I didn't think the ending was very shocking. I kind of think I saw it coming. I had you and somebody else I know both be like, dude, did you see the end of it? So like, I was kind of waiting for something major to happen the whole time. So I was kind of disappointed with what it was. Uh, Cause I was like, ah, that, that's not that big a deal. Uh, sorry, it's not. Um, and, um, but I think the reason that he, has a problem with them is because of when Jimmy was where when Saul was in the desert, that whole thing has to do with when he was in the desert and he was going to die. And um, I can't remember the exact circumstances, but they wound up killing a couple of, he and Mike wound up killing a couple of his men, Lalo's men. And then he came back and was like, you did the thing that you were supposed to do. And he's like, yep, yep, no problem or whatever, you know, basically. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a little bit. It's like the episode that was so good where he was stuck out in the desert. It was like over two episodes. And I think it it has to do with that is my. Well, yeah, yeah. there was a whole thing where like you know, Mike saved him. And, uh, and then Lalo like went back to the site and he saw that there was like additional bullets or something. So he, well, he thought, right. He thought that solid just helped him out, but he was, he, I think because he was helped out by Gus, you know, like by Gus and Mike, because they wanted him to succeed in that. I think that all the evidence pointed towards that. So that's what I think. That's where I think his problem with it comes to. Okay, I guess we'll find out. 
But yeah, I don't know. It was fine. I, I don't think it was the great thing that everyone seemed to be taught. I, I disagree with. I mean, it's whatever. I thought that ending was great. Um, what is crazy, and you're not watching, is is freaking Wayne Jenkins, and it was Wayne Je- it, Wayne Jenkins Day on uh, on uh, We Own This City. It's one of the greatest things. I, I, for John Berenthal. Is awesome, and that show you, you said you're not watching it because this is all I want to like talk about. I don't know anybody that's watching it, so it's tough. It is the best to me. It is my. It is like the thing that I like count the seconds down to watch, like that when it comes on. It is basically, it's like chapter six of The Wire. Sort of, you know, it's not, it's not a lot about the drug dealers, the way the wire is. It's more about the corruption, but you know, like the first season was about the corners. The second season was about the docks. The third season was about politicians, the fourth, the schools and the fifth, the press. This is like basically sort of like the police and it all takes place like in like 2016. I mean, there's, it's a various timeline, but it's like, it's in, it, the way they, they weave in real life events with how they affected police work. You know, it's all based around the Freddie Gray murder and like the riot, the stuff after, and they always keep referring back to it. And then like, I think episode four, I think four is the one that was just like the best episode. They kind of, um, they explain why it had to do with that. And John Barenthal plays this guy, Wayne Jenkins, who is like the super corrupt police officer. They're all like super corrupt, but um, you kind of see his timeline from being like a regular cop and how he got into being like the dirtiest cop. Yeah. And he gets a promotion in one of them and he starts walking around. He goes, it's Wayne Jenkins day. Happy Wayne Jenkins day. You know, and he's like, he is just everybody's very, pretty subdued on this show except for him. He's just so charismatic. He's you know, and I think it's all on purpose, right? Because you need if you're all going to follow the like if if everybody's going to become corrupt cops and follow one guy, that guy has to be like a shining star kind of guy. Man, he eats up scenes. He's so good, and he's got this Baltimore accent, and it's it's just phenomenal. Um, it's so good, and you know, it's not. It's interesting because it's shot in a really boring way. Uh, it's shot just like The Wire. The Wire, like, it looks exactly like it. Like, they haven't upgraded the cameras in, like, 15 years, you know? It's just shot the same way. It's nothing exciting with that. But it just goes into these intricacies of how we, the system, you know, like, it's like, it kind of goes into, like, why the cops are so messed up over there. And it's like... They don't get paid enough. They have to, like, you know, and the, the people that, like, put, like, bill overtime, get paid and make enough money. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, and all the corruption. And it's got a bunch of characters from The Wire, play, like, actors playing other characters. So, like, it's really weird. Like, the one, at least so far, the one really good cop is Marlo from The Wire, who is the baddest man in The, in the Wire. Yeah. 
Um, it's good. Got like I can't recommend it enough. I'm gonna. I'll definitely uh, to get on it at some point for sure. It's only like it's not that long of a season, right? Yeah, I think it's six episodes, and they've done five. Yeah, they've done five. So I think this. I yeah. think this week's the finale. Kind of bummed about that, but I, I was dying to talk about it on here just because it's Wayne Jenkins' day, baby. Nice. I'll definitely uh, check it out after I uh, go back to the Challenge All Stars. Oh yeah, so Challenge All Stars. Uh, I wasn't gonna watch it, and then they added a bunch of people from the last like, like you know, five to ten years, like Wes, Kayla. Uh, Brad, all those people, and um, it's just turned into like a regular. And it's like what's interesting is, so when they did the Challenge All Stars the first season, it was so boring because like everybody made the finals and everybody was old and they couldn't do anything. I didn't I, so much so I didn't watch the second season. But apparently they're like we got to spice this up, so they added in some younger ish people, and now it's like all the people that were there for like the first two seasons who were like, wait, it's not supposed to be like this. It's supposed to just be fun. And they're like, these people like are trying to get rid of us. You know, it's just kind of made it like, um, it's made it more, uh, way more interesting with that dynamic. So I, uh, I'm liking it. Nice. And it's so easy. It's such an easy watch. It's like, yeah. Um, other shows that are coming up. Uh, have you seen the trailer for The Old Man? No. The Jeff Bridges FX show where he's a hitman. That looks good. Um, Only Murders in the Building is coming back for a second season. Um, but there's one show. That, oh, premiering in August is The House of the Dragon. The prequel to Game of Thrones. What do we think? I think it looks stupid. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll watch it, and it'll probably not be stupid, but it, it's like, uh, I, I don't mean to say it looks stupid. I just think it looks, uh, I'm just, I'm not interested. Like, I kind of feel like I put that chapter to bed, and I don't need to reopen it um, with a bunch of people who look like the same people, but just older. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I, I mean I'm still I'm still gonna watch it, so I I could totally have it wrong. Yeah. What about uh, you? Yeah, I don't know how you can top the Game of Thrones. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, everyone wants to see the dragon people, but well, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'll be watching it also. Uh, I'm not too. I'm still trying to. Yeah, I'm still trying to catch up on all the. I'm still watching all the real life reenactment dramas. I finished We Crashed. I loved. I loved We Crashed actually. Um, and then I started rewatch. I started back in on like the Dropout and uh, Pam and Tommy. I'm gonna get through all this stuff. I watched the Dropout. I haven't seen the. Uh... The girl from Plainville. Um, yeah, I don't. That one I'm yeah. skipping. Yeah, I watched four episodes of Pam and Tommy, and that was enough. Um, but I don't know. 
Well, let's talk about uh, summer movies. Well, before we talk about our big movie, um, you and I, you, you and I, just discussed real quick. We both, and I'm just glad we could talk about it. We both saw um, Lost City. We did see both. We both saw Lost City. Um, basically, a ripoff of Romancing the Stone. With Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt. Yes. And uh, Elijah Wood is the bad guy. No, he's not. He wasn't? No, that was Harry Potter. Are you serious? That was not Daniel Radcliffe, was it? Let's see. That was Elijah Wood. Um, anyway, this movie was terrible. It was awful. There was like no heart to this thing. Like, you're just like, all right, if you watch Romancing the Stone, you see the first of all, you see the chemistry between them two. And the movie actually has like heart to it. This one stole all the scenes from, uh, from those movies and, uh, but didn't have the same emotional punch and uh it was like who cares i just i absolutely love that you thought that that was elijah wood that was daniel radcliffe elijah wood's like 20 years older than daniel radcliffe so that was daniel radcliffe yeah it was daniel radcliffe sorry i guess it's harry potter i was wrong I was like, am I crazy? Like, like how do you even fix that? Whatever. Um, anyway, it was a terrible bad guy. Yeah, and he wasn't even good. So he'd, he'd probably be happy that we were saying that movie was so brutally bad. It was so bad. She gets kidnapped and no one cares. In the middle of plain sight, she's just thrown in a car. And like, none of the cops were like, ah, everyone's like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's, she's wearing like a. There are witnesses that saw her get kidnapped. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and then um, Channing Tatum's like this really dumb model guy, and then all of a sudden, midway through the movie, he's like smart. Like it wasn't even. It was like the minute he like opened up and was like, "Hey, I'm actually like a person." He all of a sudden was like this really smart guy. Like his character. I was, God, that movie's so bad. Um, yeah um, and it had all the makings of being uh, like a big movie yeah, yeah you, I remember you wanted to see it in a the theater you were like are you going to go see that in the theater I'm so glad we didn't see that in there there's so yeah. much blue screen like green screen I mean it's like they use the same set pieces that they use from that rock movie that you made us watch with the Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot <laughs> where they were like in the quote unquote jungle. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, um so much like blue screen. Uh it was just, it was terrible. And you know, the whole Brad Pitt gimmick was was kind of was a cool that would have been a really great um you know, because he's not in it that much. Uh, that would have been a really, like, great um, cameo without, if it wasn't, like, on the cover of the poster and everything. 
You know, it, like yeah. they really miss some opportunities and they bring them in way too early and lose them way too early. You know, like, yeah. Oh, it's just so, so dumb. I mean, and every scenario that they get in is like just like tired. Like, how many times do we have to see people get leeches? I just don't, I don't, you know. Oh, you got leeches yeah. down in your privates. I've never seen that before. And then the whole scene where they dance in the Mexican village, and then uh, that was completely stolen from Romancing the Snow, and it was just like stupid. It's, it is absolutely brutal. All right. So I'm glad we got that away because I actually haven't talked about I haven't thought about that movie until you said it right before we came on here. Um, yeah, it's bad. Uh, but we both went and saw Top Gun separately this week. Yes. Well, that's our big, that's our big thing. Did you see it in IMAX? No. I didn't see it in IMAX either. I should, yeah, you know, I, I might go see this, uh, this will tell you where I thought of it. I might go see it again. If I do, I want to make sure I go to like, a, like a, a better theater. I mean, look, the theater I was in was fine. I was so happy I saw this movie in a theater. I can't, I can't encourage people enough to go see this movie in a movie theater. Yes. You know, people were like cheering and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that, listen, I know you said you absolutely love this movie. I have a, I think there's a lot of, I have a lot of issues with a lot of stuff in it. But yeah, I do too. Okay. I'll tell you, like I love this movie. I was like, uh, the dialogue. There was some cheesy dialogue. Um, the relationship was like so forced on us for emotional beats of the movie. Like, were we supposed to know? We're not supposed to know who that person is, right? We do. I looked it up after. Who is she? So, she's an ex-girlfriend mentioned in Top Gun. Um, she's like, uh, she's somebody, her father was some um, an admiral's daughter, but the old, like, Meg Ryan brings her up um, when they're talking about Maverick not being able to keep like a relationship and they refer to Penny. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I thought because they started to like talk about backstory, like where the daughter was like, don't break her heart again. And then it was very, it felt very forced onto us. Uh, it, yeah, they, they it tried ordered. to cheat. They tried to cheat that in on us, and it, it, it you're right, it didn't, but whatever, who cares? But like, it was totally used for, uh, you know, some emotional beats of the movie. They wanted you to, uh, to feel things, which I did. Right. I, I got to up at the end. I'm not going to lie. Uh, what, um, what is, like, what is her deal, though, like, that she's, like, knows, like, she knows like government, like Navy business before he does. Like, how is she so dialed? Well, She's so connected to the Navy, it's insane. What, like, what did she do? Um, like, she, he showed up, like, when he got um, fired or whatever. She's like, I heard. <laughs> well, she also works in the bar that has all the people. I, I understand. I know what they're, but give me a break. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's just like, yeah, I was, I was working near this base, but I couldn't help it. I had to come back to this base, and open up the bar here. 
Yeah. And then the whole, um, that's the one thing I didn't, so they have this really specific mission that they need to do. And um, they want him to, to train the guys. But why wasn't their first thought to just use them? That was my question the whole time. He's, like, he's, oh, yeah. he's the best fighter pilot that they have. But he's 60, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, there's like, if you and I were going to have a conversation, be like, why don't we just get the 60-year-old person to do it? We'd be like, who could do that at 60? And the only answer would really probably be Tom Cruise to a lot of those questions. Uh, I'm again, and they got some more. They got uh, some old people to be on there. Yeah, but that's different. They rode in something. They weren't like flying in this like very precise whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like it's not something. Let's talk. Wait, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, opening credit. Yeah, get you all fired up about it. It was awesome. Old the old music, the same opening. Yeah. Um, uh, like. The fact that they that you know that they had uh, did Harold Faltermeyer is that who it is? Who did the soundtrack with? Um, you know, he the guy who did the old Beverly uh, Beverly Hills Cop stuff. Like the fact that you got that guy his like that opening music and um, I thought I was like in the opening scene. I was like, I don't know, man. I was like. This is, are we really like, you know, Matt, we're, we're seeing what Maverick's up to now. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm buying this. And then maybe it's just bringing Ed Harris into it or whatever. But I'm, I totally like 180 was like, oh, no, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this, the stunts in this fucking thing were awesome. Awesome. Like, uh, no, but I, let's, let's, but okay, we're going to get to, so. That so we meet Pete Mitchell in the beginning like that, or we like we catch up with him, and he gets brought back to Top Gun, and all that's great. And they they did a really I thought they did a really nice job. You tell me of bringing enough of like paying enough homage to the first movie without completely oversaturating it with it. Oh yeah, your thought? Yeah, definitely. So, like, you know, he rides his motorcycle alongside, like, the same way he did when yeah. he came to Top Gun the first time. But, you know, he doesn't, like, pump his fist. It's not Danger Zone. It's, like, but it's the same shot. Um, and it's really cool. Like, I, I think I think they, they, they did it. I'm sure they probably shot it with it where it's different. Uh, they probably shot it like this, and they probably shot a version where it's, like, completely reenacting and then they chose this version and I, I thought that was the right choice. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was... Um, yeah. I liked all the uh, throwbacks to the first one. It was a lot of the same kind of like shots mimicking a lot of the things that he was doing as you just said. Um, but didn't overdo it, yeah. Uh, so then we get into... Um, our, our B story where we meet the crew he's going to be working with. Uh, they're all at the bar. They all show up at the bar, the same exact bar at the same time separately and just all start talking shit to each other. Um, 
and I was like, uh, you know, so I don't know where, where are you at with the offer, the uh, Godfather show? I'm, I'm caught up. All right. So I just watched the last one last night because I thought I kind of stopped watching. And I thought after watching Maverick, after watching Top Gun, I might be able to stomach Miles Teller again because he shows up. He's uh, Goose's kid. This is not a big secret. This is in the trailers. Um, his call sign is Rooster. And um, he, um, um, you know, I, I immediately start shuddering because I find him to be so annoying, especially in this in the offer. Uh, but given his story arc and everything that they gave him to do in this movie, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty, pretty, really good. What do you think? Yeah, I thought like, uh, you know, the whole thing where the movie was like leading up to this long conversation that they were going to have about their past and how they just used the action and everything that was going on instead of the dialogue that was going to happen. And then at the end, they just, you know, basically don't even need to like have the conversation because they worked everything out in the air. I thought that was really well done. You know, because if, yeah, if they would have had this whole conversation, it would have been so cheesy about, not cheesy, but it would have been like so manipulative, like about, you know, his dad and, you know, talking about the past and what he did. And like, it's just like, they're just, um, they do that in like every movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're right. Um, the best example, and I think you even, maybe you pointed out to me or I, when we saw, um, I always use this example. When we saw the movie um, Adventureland and like Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg finds out that Kristen Stewart's been sleeping with Ryan Reynolds and he comes out and he like gives her this big speech or whatever, or I forget. She, it's like one of those moments where in every other movie, she, she'd go on a five, like a 30 second monologue about how she da 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 da. And, or it was vice versa. And, ra- and rather than have that huge monologue, they just give each other a look. And you just get everything you needed. And, it, and 10 times as hard because they do it that way. And so you're right. They do that. And, you know, they fail miserably with that. And they, oh, fail miserably. I don't think anything fails miserably in this movie. But there is, um, there is a conversation right before we meet the new gang where... Tom Cruise shows up to the bar and Penny, Jennifer Connelly, who, by the way, is great. She looks great. You know, she's good in this. She uh, talks to him for about a minute and it is complete exposition, the entire conversation. So within a minute, we're completely caught up on his entire career since Top Gun. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not like they completely like skirted that but they you're right they did with with and and i think that you're right that that's what helped make that that relationship stronger with those two um so all right so once we get past there we've started to like you know he's it becomes our instructor um i was like anticipating like oh this is gonna be a series of like it's gonna be like rodney dangerfield and back to school like a bunch of classes where this is happening and i thought 
the the way they had him spell out the exact mission, what they couldn't couldn't do, and it became about just accomplishing that thing. Um, yeah, it was like really focused, and it was re- intense. It was good. Like I would, you know, you're fully in. It's not like you know they have the the football, which was just weird that they're playing with two footballs again. You know, I got thank God he said we're playing offense. I got lost in that. I'm so glad someone said something while it was going on. Yeah, it was tough. We were sitting there. It's like, what game are they playing? Why? I don't, you know, it was like. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they were like, I wonder if like they set up this whole cheesy football scene and then they had to go back and reshoot someone saying, oh, we're playing like offense, defense at the same time, you know, because it was. Yeah. It was not obvious. No. Um, I didn't know what was going on. But other than that, though, yeah. So I think one of the things that I love about this movie, and I think that was a real, it's, it's like I've, I've thought a lot about this. I think it really benefited from the fact that Top when Top Gun was more about the school, when they have the big mission at the end, it's just so ambiguous, the whole thing. Like, Top Gun is essentially like this giant buildup to what's going to ever happen after Top Gun, right? There's not, it's not like this huge action. I mean, yes, like Jets, you know, but it's not this war movie. It's a school. It's a movie about the school, really. Yeah. There is the bit at the end, but it's a very minor, like, dogfight with, like, four planes. You know, it's not like this whole thing. So I think, like, the fact that they have this third act with this, you know, basically this big giant mission. It's not like, Oh, here we go again. We're It's not like seeing another star Wars movie where it's like, Oh, they're going to go blow up another death star. It's going to be the same thing. It's like, it's a fresh, it's like a fresh thing because we've never seen what top gun pilots really go out and do after. And I think it really benefited from that. And it made, all that action stuff. You know, it was like in The Mandalorian when Luke Skywalker shows up as a Jedi and he, like, kills everybody. And you're like, that's what I always thought was going to happen after Return of the Jedi, right? I always thought, like, Luke would come out and be a badass. And now we're like, this is what I always thought would Tom Cruise would be after Maverick would be after Top Gun is this badass pilot. And we have to go see him, like, do it. Um. And I thought it was so well done. Because, like, the first two-thirds of the movie, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm like, gosh, ah, it's kind of cheesy here. This is, you know, whatever. This is all nostalgia. But the third act is, like, gripping. Like, I looked at where I, like, where my body, like, my um, body language was, and I was, like, completely leaning over, like, like you know, gripped by the whole thing. Yeah. Um, by the mission. I thought it was just, and it was simple. It was like, you got to go in and you got to drop this like bomb and fly off, like, and, and get over this mountain. And it was like, yeah, that all, that shit all seems really hard. Like I, I get why I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. And, uh, you know, just watching the action and knowing that Tom Cruise is flying his chest is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, then we get to the scene where they 
stealing the plane, which is a little over the top. But so I got I got really worried. I got really worried about um, what we were gonna do if we were gonna have like that's what I don't want to see is Top Gun Rogue, like yeah. like yeah, like he's fighting in another country on ground. You know, like no, I don't want to see any of that. So I I was really afraid where that was all going. Yeah, it was a little much. But I guess in the chaos, like, how would anyone know except for their stupid helmets that are, like, got American flags on it? You would think they would take those off. But, um, but no, but, uh, you know, it's just so entertaining. It's just, like, that whole, like, as you said, final act. It's just, like, I was so, like, into it. I was shocked that... Uh, no one perished. All right. See, I was, I was like, are we going to talk about that kind of stuff? Sure. Why not? Because I don't think you should talk about what, like, if anything, you know, like, let's, like, that was a really nice, that was a really nice recap. We don't need to get into any specifics of anything. Like, I, I ruined it. Like, we don't have to get into the details of things like that. It's like, um, you know, like, yeah, there's nothing to do, yeah. Um, what did you think of the montage of them, like, training them and everyone doing the push-ups? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, what did you think of the montage, the, the, the love-making montage? They great. miss. They miss Berlin. They miss, you know, Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Yeah. They miss that. Uh, with Tom Cruise's giant, thick tongue, like, and silhouette, like it was in the original. That will scar me for life. Um, but, yeah, whatever. You know, like, I like that her house mimics the, the house that he was in, you know, in the original. Yeah. It was, a, um, it was really well done. It was a fun time in the theater. Oh yeah. So like, was was your did your theater cheer and stuff? Oh uh, no. We had cheering in my theater. I would have liked some cheering. It was great. The since since we're not giving away spoilers, the the specific last scene is uh, got everybody started like really cheering for that. I was like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, that was great. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a there's a good chance I'm probably gonna go. I, I'd go see this. I would go see this again, um, because it's. Are. What's that? Looks like you are gonna go see it again. I think so. I I uh, it's just it's a, it's like what the, you're supposed to do with the movies. It's like a good time. It's like so nice to have have that to have a movie back you know like a movie in the movie theater like that like that you know very little cgi you know my thoughts on that there i was just i listened to an interview with the director and he said his goal was to like have as little as possible but he's like it's in there i hope you can't tell where i was like i i couldn't tell where at all um i think i think that christopher mcquarrie who was one of the writers on this? Yeah, he was. I think. I he, think he, I'm sure he came in after. You know, yeah. Tom Cruise. Right. We need to like fix the script. 
I think that he is like the single most important person to like movies right now because he's the only person that like, I guess speaks Tom Cruise and he keeps putting Tom Cruise and like, you know, he's, you know, he writes a lot of mission possible. He's directed a couple of them. He keeps putting him in these movies to, it's like the things that they're doing together are like movies. They're like movie events, but they're not superheroes and they're not, they're just exciting movie stuff. And they're saying like, to me, they, they're single-handedly keeping this, this event of a movie like that alive, yeah. you know? Yeah. He directed uh rogue nation fallout. And now these other, this new one. So I, I mean, I've listened to a lot of interviews with him because I always was like, "What, well, what kind of a guy like gets that in with Tom Cruise, you know, yeah. like, but um, he's just a really smart guy. And he, and I think he's really good um, at, at what he's doing with all of this. So well, I think the rest of the summer might be a big disappointment after this, um, but that's okay. We got one good one. Uh, we'll have some more. Uh, I don't know. I, I start looking at previews and stuff. I don't know what gets me. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else? No. All I right. guess that's it. Well, I'll let you enjoy your Sunday. Uh, what do you got? What do you like? What do you like in the game tonight? I was just asking you. Um, so I've got money on the Celtics. I bet the Celtics early in the beginning of the playoffs to win the East. Because I was like, it's either going to be Milwaukee or Boston. Uh, but it's not like a lot, you know. So I'm, I can't, I find myself rooting for the Heat in all these games, which is, you know, um, I have, I, if gun to my head, if I had a pick, I'd take the Celtics tonight. I just think winning two games like that in a row is like really hard to do. Um, but I think that if Jimmy Butler becomes the way that he's become in every game that really mattered in this series, they don't have an answer for that. You know, here's how you're going to know what's going to happen tonight. You're going to know in the first, like, by midway through the first quarter, you're going to know if the refs are calling it tight, the Boston's going to win. If they're letting the heat do heat things like, you know, push them around, bully them a little bit. And I think Miami winds up taking this. All right. I like Miami. You like Miami. Okay. Yeah. You like Miami from the, well, you know, yeah. You liked uh, Philly and Miami before. Okay. Um, um. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your Memorial Day. You too, bud. All right. Talk to you soon. Wait. So you just you just kind of what happened to you? You just got all grumpy. We we're like talking about Top Gun, and then all of a sudden you're like, "All right, this is over. I don't want to talk about Top Gun anymore. We're 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 done. What's going on? Nothing. Okay. I got nothing. All right. Um. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Top Gun was great. I loved it. Yeah, I think you liked it more than me, even though I was kind of talking about it more. Just your reaction when it was done was way, way 
Like you're way higher on it than me. Like when people were like, Hey, how was it? I was like, how was it? You're like, it was awesome. People asked me, I was like, it's like cheesy, but it's like really worth going to go see, you know? It had flaws, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we have we don't go to the movies a lot anymore. So no, like we, I, I like so I really enjoyed when we did the preview of the uh, movies this summer, and then the kind of counted like how many movies am I actually going to go see in the theater this year this summer? And I think we said like maybe five at the most. Yeah. Like I'm not going to see. Are you going to the next two big releases are? Like there's some big stuff coming up, right? There's Jurassic Park. Yeah, are you going to see that in the theater? No. I mean, I'll see it if my nephews, like if I'm around with them and they want to go see it. But other than that, I don't, I don't have any rush to go out and see that. Um, and then um, we went over this. I don't remember. Uh, Elvis, I'm going to see that in the theater probably. Are you? It's getting, it's getting killed. Um, I don't know. It, Ten it, minutes standing ovation at Cannes, whatever that means. Well, half, half, okay. Half the people gave it a 10 minute salvation, half the people walked out. I, everything I've read, everything I've read says that my instincts on Tom Hanks on this are right, that it's like awful and annoying and distracting. Him in a latex fat suit with a horrible accent. Because the whole movie is told from his point of view. Yeah. He's the narrator of this movie. I don't know. Thor. I'll go see Thor in the theater. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Well, I'm definitely, now I'm going to see Elvis in the theater because we're obviously going to have to go over it. And I imagine my tolerance for Baz Luhrmann is a lot higher than yours. Uh, I don't know. I like him. I'm actually going to see, like, Elvis comes out, what, June 24th. I'm actually going to see, uh, Moulin Rouge at the Pantages on July 2nd. I'm going to be Baz Lomond out this summer. Oh, see, I don't even really like Moulin Rouge that much. Well, it's supposed to be an amazing show. So that's why. Oh, I'm... you're going to the theater show. Right. Okay. I, I don't show. know. I never, I didn't care much for the movie. I was like, eh. I it's supposed to be right. one of the best productions like, like they've ever done, like, war, like Broadway, in terms of like all the elements and moving pieces and all that shit. I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the, we made a movie, now we're going to make it a play. Okay. Just saying. Almost Famous has a Broadway show now. I know. I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, I guess we'll talk uh, next week. Hopefully. All right, later.